Hey ladies, I'm Aisha Watkins, founder of Women of Project Management, and this is the Women of Project Management podcast, where I have candid conversations with all my favorite women inside the Women of Project Management membership in audio. Please don't forget to subscribe and review everywhere you listen to podcasts. I'm Aisha Watkins, founder of Women of Project Management, and today we're going to be talking to Chandler of Chandler J. Law. Chandler is my lawyer and the lawyer of Women of Project Management. She is the go-to lawyer for entrepreneurs looking to build and scale their business while implementing a solid legal foundation. She works to educate women about the importance of protecting their business and brand, especially in today's competitive market. Chandler earned her Juris Doctorate from Drake Law University while working at a civil rights law firm. Upon moving to Arizona, she opened her own law firm to serve entrepreneurs and creatives, especially in the online industry. Chandler is the founder of Chandler J. Law, the boutique law firm committed to serving women in business. She is also the creator of Law Boss Collective, a premier legal membership providing business owners an affordable and accessible way to level up their legal. Welcome, Chandler. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited for you to be here. So, you know, Women of Project Management is my baby. Um, And what I have learned from you is that I probably should have had you as my lawyer years ago, Um, but we're here now. So that's all that counts. Right. Um, So one thing that you have taught me is that, you know, it's important to build your business, but it's just as important to protect your business. So um, what made you, you know, have a love for entrepreneurs and being able to, you know, really teach us and help us along the way. Cause I, I like to call you my lawyer slash professor because I'm a project manager. We ask a lot of questions. That's just what we do. And you are so good at always explaining everything. And that's why I always just call you slash lawyer slash professor. But what made you even want to start your law firm and even cater to entrepreneurs? So when I moved out to Arizona, Mm-hmm. Everyone is starting businesses all the time. So number one, I saw the need. And then mm-hmm. especially in the online market, right, there's law firms that serve traditional business owners, mm-hmm. but there's not many that serve people in the online space. So there was this huge gap, right, that I was seeing between online business owners and the legal side of things. It was just mm-hmm. kind of all a mess. So I wanted to build a bridge and make that possible for yeah. people. Yeah, I love that. I love that. One of the other things that I love about you is that like when I was trying to, when I got to the point where I was like, I need a lawyer, um, I need to just make sure I'm protecting the business, we're expanding, got to make sure I'm doing it responsible. Um, the one thing I liked is that, you know, looking at other lawyers and not a knock on any other anybody else, and I get it, uh, but I couldn't even talk to anybody unless I either paid them a few hundred bucks And I didn't know if I liked them or not, you know, and then you still had to wait a few weeks to even talk to them. So one of the things that I did like about you is that you have a totally different approach. You are not the average lawyer, clearly qualified, right? But I think your approach is so, you know, practical to what people need. Um, Is that why you, do you incorporate a lot of that into, you know, the business and when you're talking to a lot of different clients for your firm? Absolutely. So I always say uh, the mean girls quote, I put a twist on it and I say, (laughs) 
regular lawyer. I'm a cool lawyer. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, so I think there's a narrative out there about lawyers. Lawyers get a bad rep all the time for a variety of different reasons, but most people look at lawyers as they're being so stiff and arrogant, mm -hmm. and that's mm -hmm. just not me at all. Yeah. Um, I like to be approachable. I like to be accessible to my clients. Like if you have a question, let's hop on the phone. Like I mm -hmm. want you to have all the answers. So yeah. I think humanizing the profession yeah. and being relatable is really what, what connects me with other people. Yeah. I love that. And I can attest to it because I'm picky. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, and then you kind of go off a vibe too. And, you know, and, Obviously, you're all of the above, so I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, so tell us about the Law Boss Collective and why you started that. Okay, so like I was saying, there's really a gap between, between legal services and the online world. And it's mm -hmm. not always about just having the legal side of things taken care of. You really have to understand it. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to create a place where people can number one, learn about it. But number two, I can be a resource. So like you were saying, it costs a few hundred bucks to talk mm -hmm. to a lawyer and you have to wait two weeks. Mm -hmm. So one of the you know perks of the membership is a text to lawyer access. So you get direct access to my number. And mm -hmm. when you have quick questions, you need quick answers. You yeah. can't wait two weeks before talking to someone. And a lot of times it's a really simple question, but yeah. you just need some guidance on it. Yeah, you just don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. So being, being able to be that bridge for people yeah. and, and bridge that gap and mm -hmm. make these things affordable and accessible, because I get that legal services can be expensive, yeah. but trying to create a place where I can't stop people from DIYing things, right? Yeah. yeah. DIY, people go to LegalZoom. I can't stop <laughs> you from doing it. But yeah. if you're going to do it, I want you to do it while you're empowered with the knowledge and your yeah. knowledge you need to do it right. Yeah. You might be missing some pieces if you DIY it, but if I can give you a lot of the knowledge, <laughs> so you have an understanding of certain things. Yeah. Hope would be that you're not running into a lot of issues down the road. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So, uh, I know that we're going to put all the information on how people can find you inside the membership, of course, and the Law Boss Collective, just everything. Um, but I know that you're here today to school us. Yeah. Uh, also think you've schooled me a lot, so I, I, I get it, but I probably still will learn something new. But you're going to talk to us about today about what? You tell us what you're going to talk to us about. How not to fuck up the legal side of your <laughs> <laughs> I love That's what I was like. I was going to say, I was like, I'm going to let you say it because yeah. I'm not going to be able to say it that way. So I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you not like, well, how do you not, well, we, I think we all know a lot of ways you can F up your business, right? right. And I, I've had my own issues earlier in, in the business and there's always something that can trip you up. And we've talked about those things a lot, um, but we're past it now. So tell us, so how are some ways, you know, we can avoid effing up our businesses that we, we love so much? So the very first thing is implementing a solid foundation for your business. Mm -hmm. And there are certain things that go into that. I'm going to dive into that. Mm -hmm. But I want to start out with the example of Jenga. Like everyone knows the game Jenga, right? Mm -hmm. And you create that solid base. And as you continue to build, as you continue to scale, mm -hmm and you're removing pieces or there's missing pieces, it becomes mm -hmm. shaky and eventually it tumbles over. Yeah. And 
if you try to scale your business without implementing that solid legal foundation, that's exactly what's going to happen, you know, and that takes many different shapes and forms. I've seen people deal with contract issues, you know, whether it's a client not paying, then being asked to work outside of the scope of what they originally agreed to, or even when it comes to entering contracts and signing contracts, but not really knowing what they're signing yeah that's that's equally as bad because what you sign becomes law mm -hmm. so if you don't know the terms that you're agreeing to you can end up in deep waters mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep 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 and that's why you I, I go to you for agreements and everything else even for the speakers inside the limited project management it was just a comprehensive agreement end to end um just to make sure because there's so many different things that we're trying to do and scale as a business. And that was the first thing that we talked about is how to do that, but how to do that the right way. So, you know, what I've built so far, if I want to scale it and have a very, you know, strong foundation, I have more confidence, you know, in what I'm doing. So, okay. I like that one. I like so, that. so the three elements, right? There's three elements. And before we dive in, let me give my attorney disclaimer. To okay. I am a attorney, but I am not your, I'm your attorney, but mm -hmm. anyone who's watching. You are my attorney, but yeah, everyone yeah. else is. <laughs> Unless you hire me and sign an engagement letter with my firm, mm -hmm. this, this talk is for educational and informational purposes only and should not be construed as legal advice. Mm -hmm. Disclaimer: I have to give. Okay. <laughs> You're a lawyer, so <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's really three key components to implementing that solid foundation, and that's going to be business entities, contracts, and trademarks. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to business entities, there's a variety of different kinds, right? There's a sole proprietor, the LLC, corporations, partnerships. You need to have the proper one in place for your business, but mm -hmm. you just you really need to have one in place that is going to limit your liability mm -hmm. because if you don't do that you're subjecting yourself to personal liability and what i mean by that is if you don't have an llc and you're operating as a sole proprietor then someone comes along and they sue you right mm -hmm. if you don't have that llc in place and you go to court and there's a, a judgment you know against you and then you have to you owe them money mm -hmm. The person that you owe, they can put a lien on your house, they mm -hmm. can car, they can, I mean, anything. They can reach your personal assets. Whereas mm -hmm. if you have that LLC in place, it acts as a shield. So they can't access your personal assets. It's such a simple thing to do, but mm -hmm. gives you so much protection. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a big difference. And the thing is, I've heard so many people say, and you know, luckily, I, I, you know, Women of Project Management is an LLC, but to be honest with you, I didn't have you when I did that, so I wasn't quite sure, and a lot of people were like, oh, it's the same thing, you, you know, you could do either one, but when you hear it that way, then you're like, no, it's not the same thing at all, no, <laughs> because at the end of the day, yeah, we're, we're all adults, we have, you know, I have a house, I have cars, you know, you don't want any of that to be in jeopardy if somebody decides that they're going to sue you and you know all the things that can come along with it you kind of want that siloed and nope i'm protected over here so i like that okay 
And that, that's one of those things that, so an LLC is relatively simple and easy to form. Mm -hmm. um, but it's one of those things that if you really don't know where to start, you go to an attorney. Attorney, an attorney isn't going to charge below $500 to mm -hmm. do an LLC for you. I don't like doing that because I would rather you invest money with contracts and trademarks. Like yeah, where they really, it really matter. So inside yeah. the collective, I literally teach people how to file LLCs. Mm -hmm. I have an LLC guide in there, all that stuff. So people can learn exactly how to form it. Yeah. Um, Cause there's, I don't want people spending that much. Yeah. Money. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that. Then, so contracts, right? There are certain contracts. I love talking about contracts. I can talk about contracts all day long. Yes. <laughs> so for contracts, there are five different kinds that people need to have in place. Number one, your client services agreement. So that is the, the contract that you are sending out when you are working with clients one-on-one. -on -one. It is mm -hmm. really the holy grail. It is what you're going to operate off of. Mm -hmm. um, you need to ensure that the scope is detailed. You have to have all the necessary terminology, all that good stuff inside mm -hmm. your client services agreement. And it's one of those things that I see a lot of people just Googling, um, <laughs> Googling these contract templates. But for instance, if you Google a coaching contract, what's going to come up is like a coaching contract for soccer or for gymnastics. Mm -hmm. And that is not, that's not what we're doing. Oh, no. So <laughs> ensuring that you have a contract that is made for you or a template that is made for you. Um, so it's really personalized and tailored to your situation. Mm -hmm. Number two is going to be an independent contractor agreement. So anytime you're working with someone, you are going to want to have them sign this independent contractor agreement. It's one of those things that it's going to draw that distinction between employee versus contractor. And that is crucial. Yeah. Uh, when someone's an employee, you owe certain rights, legal benefits, tax benefits, all that yeah. stuff. So yeah. keeping them as a contractor is very important. Mm -hmm. The next thing is going to be a non-disclosure agreement. So mm -hmm. if you're working with someone and you don't want information, you know, let out yet, you're working on a project, you're working on a new brand and you're working with a designer, any of those situations, having a non-disclosure agreement in place is going to make sure that your information is kept secure and confidential. Yep. The mm -hmm. next thing is going to be terms of use. So terms of use, and then the fifth one is going to be um, website privacy policy. Mm -hmm. So I'm putting those, categorizing those two together because if you go to a website and you go to the footer, you're often going to see terms of use and a privacy policy. Mm -hmm. Terms of use is what's going to govern how someone can use your site. So it basically says, hey, these are permissible uses of the site. It also disclaims if there's any errors in content, you're not going to be liable for it. So it's going to limit your liability, all of that good stuff. Mm -hmm. To listen to the rest of this conversation, join us inside the Women of Project Management membership at womenofpm.com. Thanks for listening.